Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. This year really has had its fair share of soot that has done its best to settle on us. I could think of some other describing words, but really not appropriate for standing behind here today. (laughs) And I just think it's good to be aware this morning and take stock of our own life to see if we have changed colour, to see if the residue of anything that's taken place, whether it be the global pandemic, what's happened as a result of that in our own lives, the disappointments, maybe the setbacks, whatever it has, has anything settled on us that we need to change today? Romans 12, 1 to 2 in the Passion says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life satisfying and perfect in his eyes. The Message Bible says, don't be so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. These verses remind us to be aware of the popular culture around us that is trying its best which is really the enemy's strategy to to get us to conform to the world's thinking, to get us to conform to what's happening around us rather than above us, to look at the natural and attach our thinking to that rather than God-based eternal truth. Hebrews 9.11 in the New Living Testament says that heaven is not part of this created world. That's where our thinking needs to come from. It's so important we make sure that we're grounded in the right world by listening to the right words, heaven words. Now, Paul recently said in a message a couple of weeks ago how it's crazy how what's wrong has become right in the world's eyes and what's right has become wrong. How does that happen? Over time, culture has been shifting mindsets. We need to stay grounded in what God says is right because that is what's right. There is no gray, no changing God's principles and precepts. You know, the reality about this season that we have been in is that God has remained the same. Nothing has changed in God's reality. Isaiah 43, 19 says that he will make rivers in the wilderness to create new pathways. And he will, regardless of what's taken place, regardless of COVID, regardless of where we may find ourselves today, God can make rivers in the wilderness because he lives above it, not in it. I'm so grateful for that this morning. And as we are getting to the close of this year, I thought it would be just great to take stock and ask ourselves, push that reset button and say, is there things in my life 
that may need just some adjustment. To reset means to fix in a new or different way, to adjust. Recently, I don't know if you like that show Bondi uh, Rescue, but I love that because it's a little bit of home for me being an Aussie. But recently there was a show where this guy had been out in the surf and dislocated his shoulder. And he came out with this shoulder out of place. It was pretty gross, but he had to get an adjustment to put it back in place. And sometimes that's what we need. You know, sometimes when our phone or computer breaks down, we just need to shut it down and reboot it back up again. Like in our own lives, sometimes we just need to make some adjustments. Sometimes we might even need the boot from time to time. (laughs) Need to wash that soot off like we did with our fluffy poodle who went from being a beautiful little white fluffy dog to a pink dog. And we needed to wash him many times to just bring him back to his original self. You know, sad to say, over the years, I've, I've witnessed so many people. Paul and I have been pastors now for 38 years. So many people that came in strong, loving God. People that you would never have thought would not be in church today. Yet, for some reason, over time, they've allowed what's been going on around them put a residue over them, and today they're nowhere to be found. And unfortunately, left God out of their lives and completely walked away. So today, I just want to look at some potential things that we need to do to help us reset. The first thing is reconnect to peace. So many people full of fear. This is a, one of the major taxi, ta, um, tactics the enemy has used over this season is to just instill fear in people. And today I pray that this would be a time if you are in a place where maybe fear has resided in your heart that you would reconnect to peace, to refresh, refresh today. Turn the natural power off completely and start again. You know, sometimes there's just so much noise going on around us. And if we're not careful, it will become worry. It will become fear. In all the craziness of this year and all the craziness of maybe what you've been through. You know, I think of some of the, the situations, hard situations that people have had to really face this year, where emotionally it's been not normal for what you've had to go through. People that have buried loved ones without having to do a a proper funeral, had babies, all different sorts of things that are not natural to us. And in that craziness, we can get overwhelmed and lose perspective from God. And today, do we just need to stop and shut the noise down? Sit with God and allow his peace to rest on us. You know, I I grew up with worry modeled to me. I grew up with a mother and and I spent a lot of time with my grandma after my father passed away at a young age. Where I was, it was like anything could go. It wasn't a positive thinking. It was like what possibly could go wrong, they thought would go wrong. 
And so I grew up with that model to me, and it prevented what could have happened to happen because fear gripped their hearts, and then it was passed on to me. I remember my grandma time and time again. She was petrified of storms. So as soon as she saw a a small cloud in the distance, she would put all the knives in the house away. She would cover her mirrors. She would cover the windows. She would get the dog out of the way. And she would literally sit in the corner of her bedroom with a towel over her head, supposedly praying slash worrying, rosary beads in hand, that the storm wouldn't hurt us. And nine times out of 10, there was no storm, except the storm that was within her. How often do we do that? Worry about things that are not even gonna happen. Nine times out of 10, nothing would happen, but she wasted so much time and dragged us all into her frenzy, which is what we do. Everyone around us is affected by what could be avoided. So let's pause and think about that today. What noises currently, what are we allowing in our thinking? What thinking patterns currently do we have in our lives that need an adjustment, that need to be turned off? Philippians 4, 6 to 9 in the Message Bible says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Now there's a thought. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle down on you. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your your life. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, 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 reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realised. Do that and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. I love that. Are you with me, Chapel? God will work everything, not some things, but everything we go through. I know what it is to have those noises in my head. I've had to really combat that default mechanism of worry that was modeled to me as a young girl. And I know what it is to have those things try and overcome my thinking, try to settle and become a resident in my soul rather than just a visitor passing through. And there are times where I have literally just had to purposely go and sit with God, be by myself until I've allowed his peace to settle on my thinking. In my case, being married, I haven't been able to get Paul to fix me, get Paul to give me that peace. I've needed to go away and each of us need to do that and find it from God. I literally have had to visualize, and still to this day, many times, if worry has come to me, if concerns have come, I visualize putting those things on the altar, just like Abraham did with his son, and trusted God. Say, God, I'm putting it on the altar, 
help me to leave it there. Because I'm very tempted to try and take it back. But God, help me to leave it there. Romans 15, 13 in the Passion says, Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. So firstly, we need to reconnect. Secondly, recommit to a God-word-based response. In other words, we need to reinstate the original settings. Return. Psalm 119, 143 says this, As pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy in your commands. Your laws are always right. Help me to understand them so that I may live. What a great prayer to pray. Ecclesiastes 12.8 in Amplified says, Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. All that is done without God's guidance is vanity. It's so true. We had a power cutter a couple of weeks ago. The power went out in our area and our oven needed to be reset. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I forgot how to reset it. And I found myself pushing buttons to start with that I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> Many times if the computer is uh, playing up, I hear this voice as I'm cursing the computer for Paul to say, it's not the computer, darling. <laughs> like, Thank you for that. I appreciate that advice that I didn't ask for. <laughs> but anyway, I found myself having to go back to the manual to find out how to reset the clock. Sometimes we may waste so much time pushing endless buttons and cursing whatever it is that needs to be rebooted instead of going to God. We forget what we thought we knew. We forget what we once knew. And sometimes unexpected things come our way. Sometimes things we don't understand. And sometimes things break down in our lives. And we can't afford to waste time like I have, trying to fix it ourselves, cursing what isn't working rather than going to God and asking for his help, saying, God, I need your wisdom. What am I meant to do in this situation? And that would also save a lot of people, a lot of drama, including yourself. So again, let's pause and ask ourselves, do we have the word locked down in our heart? Because that's what anchors us. Recently, our son Daniel told us he was on his way back from a wedding down the line and he noticed a car coming the other way. He and his friend were driving back to Auckland and this car was coming the other way and he noticed the trailer on the back of it that had a small boat tied to it started to sway all over the place. So he said to his friend, just watch that trailer because it's swaying around. And before they knew it, the, the driver was completely oblivious to the fact that this trailer was swaying around behind it. And before they knew it, the trailer detached 
from the car and came across the road to where they were, which they had to swerve out of the way before this car would have literally ran into them. And she had no idea of the damage that she almost caused by that trailer not being connected and secured. You know, when we remain connected to the word, we will prevent a lot of things that are unnecessary and unnecessary damage happening to us in our lives and not just our lives, others' lives. Because it not only affects us, it affects everyone around us. So we need to remain connected to the word. So to reset, we need to reconnect, recommit, and then thirdly, recalibrate to living a kingdom outcome. When we recalibrate, it means that we do something different, change the way that we've been doing something. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking we need to re-examine the apps that we have added to our life. What apps and attachments have we got that we need to delete, that we actually don't need anymore? Have you ever done that? I know one time, and it's, it's hard to do, which is ridiculous, but for some reason it makes you feel that way, where I've followed a whole lot of people that I don't really even know, and sometimes I've had to just sit down and just go delete, 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 delete. I haven't got time for all this information to keep coming to me. And sometimes we just need to do that. Just pause and it's like, what, what have I got attached to my life? And what don't I need? Matthew 6, in the Passion says, So above all, constantly chase after the realms of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. One thing I've heard over and over and over again in this crazy season that we've been in, to quote people is, they've realised in this forced time of stopping that they've needed to stop and think what is really important in their life. It's made them stop and think about what really matters. And really the, the, the echo of the things that I need to change in my life. It's one thing to think about it, but have we made any tangible steps toward it? It's so easy when things just go back to normal to just think, oh, we'll just move on. But I think it's good just to stop and say, what actually do I need? What steps do I need to take? What apps do I need to delete from my life? We caught up with a couple recently, Paul and I, who their last son living at home just got married. And they said how they just went away for a week after the wedding to recalibrate and think about going forward together now that they're empty nesters. But think about what they need. What, what is in the rush of or the busyness of life? I think that's the, the curse of busyness is that we don't stop and think about what we're adding. We keep adding things because we're too busy to stop and really think about and analyse what's going on. We get caught up in that cycle of more, that cycle of busy, and we actually think that we can't change things. We think like, well, it's all right for you. I can't change this. I have to do this. I'm so busy. But actually, sometimes we're so busy being busy but those things are not necessarily important. 
And we're the only ones that can make the change. Again, let's ask ourselves the question, what are the distractions in our life that are currently taking the space and time up from kingdom purpose? At the end of the day, what matters when we stand before Jesus is what have we allowed into our life? What, what, what are we going to take with us when we go? It's not going to measure up standing before Jesus saying, sorry, I was so busy. You don't understand. I was so busy. I didn't get time for you. I didn't get time to build your kingdom. I didn't get time to love people. I didn't get time to serve you. I once heard a psychologist say that a lot of people, and she said it's such a red flag to her when people say, I'm so busy, because oftentimes she said it's a sign of avoidance. When people say that they're busy, she said it's a real mental health red flag to her, because more times than not, they're afraid to stop in case they need to make changes in their life, afraid to be alone. And I think it's just a great practice to make sure we stop and be alone with God and ask God to examine us, examine our hearts. Say, God, what do I need to change? So many statistics in this 21st century that say how much we are addicted to our phones. And really, the number one tool for avoidance is our phones. And social media. Because I don't know if you ever watched that Netflix doco. It's called The Social Dilemma. If you haven't seen it, it's really worth watching. But it talks about how logarithms are created to consistently draw us back to our phones and away from the real world that is in front of us. It's pretty powerful. So, lots of questions. Lots of pause moments this morning, but what are we avoiding? Are we avoiding anything? It's a good question to ask ourselves. Another crazy thing I've heard from pastors all over the place in this season of COVID is how so many of them have had to do extra marriage counselling because couples that have been so busy have avoided issues in their life, in their marriage, and because they've had to stop and be together so much, in some places they've been together, they're still in lockdown, been together for a long time and forced to face what's in front of them. Maybe today we could be the day that we turn that around. What is it in our life? Is there other things in our lives? We've pushed them aside. I know I've done that. Push things aside thinking, oh yeah, I'll get around to it. But what have we avoided dealing with? And unfortunately, we take ourselves with us. I always say that to people that maybe are moving country, moving a relationship because that one didn't work, whatever. But you take yourself with you wherever you go. So don't just ask the question, but maybe today we could take it a step forward and avoid the avoidance and do something about what needs to change. So reconnect to peace, recommit, recalibrate, and then finally, and very importantly, is remember who and whose you are. I don't know about you, but I have to remind myself how much God loves me. He loves us so deeply. And 
I have to remind myself why I'm here. We're all here to be a channel of that love to others. The bottom line to life is we're created to love God and love people. It's a simple equation, yet we complicate it so much. Love God and love people. And if we can live from that basis, from that platform, we will live purpose-filled, secure, and complete lives. When we don't live from the foundation of God's love, it took me a long time to really get the revelation in my heart that I was loved by God, that I was worthy of God's love. And when we live from that revelation, we won't waste time looking for value in all the wrong places. So many people just round and round in circles. And you just think, if you could just accept God's love, you would live so differently. You wouldn't be searching and striving for only what God can give you in all the wrong places. So let's think about that this morning. The team are going to join me in a moment. Where is our value coming from? Sometimes when I feel inadequate or when I've allowed insecurity to come into my life, I'm like, what is that? Where am I getting my value? Am I expecting other people to give me my value? Because when you're feeling insecure, more times than not, it's because your value isn't coming from God and who he says you are. Are we living from a place of assurance within or striving within? Because when we don't really grasp the value of God's love for us, we will strive rather than be assured. Galatians 3, 2 to 6 says this. Let me put this question to you. How did your new life begin? Was it by working your heads off to please God? Or was it by responding to God's message to you? Are you going to continue this craziness? For only crazy people would think they could complete by their own efforts what was begun by God. If you weren't smart enough or strong enough to begin it, how do you suppose you could perfect it? Do you go through this whole painful learning process for nothing? Is it not yet a total loss? It is not yet a total loss, but it certainly will be if you keep this up. Answer this question. Does the God who lavishly provides you with his own presence, his Holy Spirit, working things in your lives you could never do for yourself, does he do these things because of your strenuous moral striving or because you trust him to do them in you? Don't these things happen among you just as they happened with Abraham? He believed God and that act of belief was turned into a life that was right with God. I love that. Abraham knew he was loved by God. And because of that, he could trust God no matter what. You know, for many, this year has just been such a melting pot of emotions. A melting pot of emotions, but no matter what has happened this year, I just want to encourage you, God is with you. God loves you. And God is there to help us every step of the way. And when we, when we accept that love, we can live our lives from a different foundation. We can live assured, secure, and confident in who he is 
in us and who we are to him. We already have his validation. I love that. He loves us and he's demonstrated to that, that love to us by sending his son, Jesus. He loves us this morning. He couldn't love us anymore. And he's given each and every one of us, no matter what our past this morning, no matter what's going on in our lives today, he's given each and every one of us the opportunity to reset by giving us Jesus today. And our act of belief, just like Abraham's, can turn our lives around into living a life right with God. And I would just love to pray before Pastor Luke comes back today. Pray that really you take the time over the next week just to pause and ask God, God, if I've been persuaded by the things around me in any way and just need to press that reset button, help me, whatever it is. Whatever it is today, God, help me. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you that your love overshadows us. Lord, that your presence rests on us today. Father, I thank you that you've given each and every one of us new mercies every day, new mercies every morning. And God, I pray you help us today as we just examine our hearts to make necessary changes, God, so that we can finish this year strong and step into all that you have for us. We love you this morning, Father. We thank you for your son, Jesus and the presence of your Holy Spirit to walk with us and give us the courage. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out church online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.